Thank you for joining the Element Church Podcast, where we exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, and make a lasting impact. Wherever you're listening from today, we hope this message inspires and strengthens your faith. I once heard someone say that sleep is our daily reminder that we aren't God, which if you think about it, even if you don't believe in God, if that's you, we're thrilled you're here. You are so welcome in this place. But even if you don't believe at the very least, sleep is a daily reminder that we are not in control, right? We're just, we're just not like, think about how crazy sleep is to the human condition, Everyone needs sleep. Everyone. Like even if you're the world record holder for staying awake, even that guy needs sleep. Which, by the way, in January of 1964, Randy Gardner set the world record by staying awake for 11 days, 25 minutes. 11 days. That's crazy. Uh, he, he, He suffered from pretty... Severe complications, as you might imagine. The first on the list was moodiness. Big surprise. He had short-term memory loss, paranoia, hallucinations. On the 11th day, they asked him to complete a fairly simple task. In the middle of working on the task, he just stopped. They asked him why he stopped, and he said, I forgot what I was doing. Which, I'll be honest, on a full night's sleep, I do that too. But that's just called being old. Can I get a witness from all the old people in in the room today? All that to say, even if you're the world record holder for staying awake, you still have to sleep at some point. I mean, for most of us, every single day we close our eyes and we surrender control of our life. And when we wake up, or sadly, sometimes, if we wake up, Yesterday is gone, tomorrow is not guaranteed, so today is the rest of my life. Like if you're awake, this is the only moment you have guaranteed. In fact, it's our big idea for today, worded slightly differently on the screens here. Yesterday is gone, and tomorrow is still to come, so today is the rest of my life. You can say that too. It's gone yesterday. Tomorrow is no guarantee. It's still to come. So right now is the rest of my life. If you don't know who I am, by the way, it might help you to know. My name is Jeff Manis. I am the, the lead pastor here. I need about eight hours of sleep at night. And even then, by 9 p.m. that evening, my, I can hardly keep my eyes open. That's just who I am. I don't know about you, but I need my eight hours uh, of sleep and so I can get up and, and get cracking the next day. Um, we're, we're finishing our sermon series today called Bruh. It's in the new, uh, we're following the book of James, the New Testament portion of the Bible. We're calling it Bruh because this letter is written by James, the half-brother of Jesus, but also this letter is filled with statements and teachings that just make you sit back and say, bruh. 
They're, they're hard to wrestle with. And today we're going to see how when it comes to our life, yesterday is gone, tomorrow still to come. And so I want to then ask this big question today, how should I engage the rest of my life? Meaning, how do I engage every day? Because today is the rest of my life. It's all I have guaranteed. And it's all you have guaranteed as well. The main scripture is James 4, 13 through 17. As I said, you can find that in the New Testament portion of the Bible, kind of toward the back of the Bible. If you're in one, if you don't own a Bible, you can download a free one called YouVersion. Um, it's a Bible app. And, or you can get one here in person. Just ask for a Bible at guest services. We'll get you one free of charge. Uh, for now, everything I read uh, will be on the screens there. And before we jump into the scripture, let's pause uh, for a word of prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for today. Lord, if we're here, if we're hearing these words, it's a gift from you. Yesterday's gone, tomorrow's no guarantee. So Lord, right now, today, in this moment, I pray we would engage you and engage your word. That you would change us, that you would challenge us, that you'd comfort us, that you'd convict us. Lord, as we, as we end our series in the book of James today, I, just, I, I ask for the power of your word to speak to our hearts, Lord. I pray for your anointing, for your power, and for your authority to be in this place and upon my words. In Jesus' name, amen. James 4, verse 13, and then the first part of verse 14, James says this, Look here, you who say today or tomorrow, we're going to go to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We'll do business there and make a profit. He says this, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Which is true, right? Or as we're wording it for our, our sermon today, yesterday's gone, tomorrow's still to come. So today is the rest of my life. And if that's true, I, I don't know about you, but I want to know, how should I engage the rest of my life if today's all I got? And here's the first thing we've got to do to engage the rest of our life. And I'm taking it from these verses here. I think we have to live with a surrender to the unknown. I engage my, my life with a surrender to the unknown. James says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Like, like you might have an idea, if things go according to plan, what your life will be like tomorrow. You might even have a desire of what your life will be like tomorrow. But as we've fully experienced in the last 18 months of our world, no one knows what tomorrow will bring, right? Or as yesterday, as we remembered the tragedy of 9-11, none of us, if we were alive on that day, woke up thinking anything like that could ever even happen in our, in our country. I mean, I mean COVID, if, if, if it taught us anything, it, it taught us that we have no idea what's coming tomorrow. Like literally in March of 2020, overnight, trips were canceled, sports seasons were postponed or done away with, entire industries were shut down, the, the medical field was overwhelmed and overrun with, with, with cases and, and needs, schools were thrust into online learning, I mean, the, the, not to mention the tragic loss of life. 
that, that we had to walk through and are walking through still today on our planet. That's just the broad COVID example of the very real and specific truth that yesterday's gone and tomorrow's still to come. So today's the rest of my life. Now, in no way, in no way do I think James or God through James was saying that we should then just stop making any plans for life. <laughs> That's not what this is about. I mean, you can't read the scripture. You, you can't escape the fact that the Bible's full of practical advice for all kinds of planning in life. So this isn't a message about being laissez-faire with life. Que sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. That's not what we're talking about here. It's not what God's telling us. I believe that this here in James is a challenging reminder that if we're going to engage the rest of our lives, we might make plans, but ultimately we have to surrender to the unknown. That we don't know what God's going to do or allow in our lives. We can't see the next triumph or the next tragedy that's waiting around the corner that could change the entire trajectory of our lives. And if we live life believing that we are in control, we are going to be regularly disappointed, riddled with worry and fear, and have a really hard time engaging in the rest of our life, especially engaging in our life in a way that Jesus wants to engage it with, which is life to the full. If we think we're in control, we're not going to experience life to the full on this planet. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow's still to come, no guarantee. So today is the rest of my life. So how should I engage with the rest of my life? With a surrender to the unknown. That to the best of my knowledge and ability, I'm going to make plans that honor God with my life, but ultimately, I really have no control over what happens to me or how God wants to use me. It's a surrender to the unknown. Second way we engage the rest of our life is this, with a sense of urgency. The sense of urgency. James 4, the last part of verse 14, James says this, your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. Now, I want to be sensitive here to the people right in our church family who you, you are living this, this um, fragility of life, shortness of life. You're living it right now in a very personal way, okay? And I want to be sensitive to that. And in no way am I making light of the pain and suffering that anyone in our church or anyone that you know is going through as you might be walking through the loss of a loved one or a tragedy of some kind. It's just reality. And I think we have to address reality at times that life is short. It's just short. And if we're gonna engage the rest of our life in any way that matters, we have to live with some kind of sense of urgency. 
Not, not an urgency to satisfy all of my fleshly desires or accomplish all my bucket list items or my plans. This isn't a YOLO or a FOMO mentality I'm talking about here. I'm talking about living every day with eternity in our mind. Living each day with eternity in view, with eternity in focus. Living every day in a way that matters for the good of those around me and for the good of those that God places before me. It's living life to the fullest in Christ, connecting into deep, meaningful Christian relationships where we are walking together with Jesus, figuring out this crazy thing called life. It's making an impact with our lives. I mean, that's our vision here. For, for every single one of us, this is actually one part of my life, this right here, the sense of urgency, where I want to be more like the devil. Some of you are like, what's happening right now? Jeff has lost his mind. I brought a guest today, and he's talking about being like the devil. I promise he doesn't usually talk about being like the devil. It's usually more about like Jesus. Okay, here's, here, here's, what, I'm, here's what I'm talking about. Revelation 12, verse 12. This is one part of Revelation that's not talking about things that are coming in times. It's talking about things that have already happened and are currently happening, like present tense things. Revelation 12, 12 says this. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who live in the heavens rejoice. But terror will come on the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you. The devil's been sent to the earth in great anger, knowing that he has little time. Come on. The devil's living out his mission to steal, kill, and destroy with a sense of urgency. Are we living out God's mission for our lives with a sense of urgency? That life is short? That we're here just for a moment? And again, I don't want us to go to either extreme here. There's a danger in that. I don't want us to think, well, I guess I'll just wait till I die. It's coming. But I also, on the other side, don't want to go to the extreme and say, well, I got to now go stand out on the corner of the street with a bullhorn yelling at people that the end is near. If you don't turn, you'll burn. <laughs> it's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about, are we living each day on mission for Jesus in everything we do? British missionary C.T. Studd, if you're wondering, no relation to me. <laughs> just want to clear the air. But what an awesome name. What's your name, C.T., but you can call me Stud. He's a real missionary, didn't make that up. He said this. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. <laughs> James said, your life's like the morning fog. Here a little while, then it's gone. Now, I, I can't create fog. Our tech director, Tim, can with a machine. I can't create fog. But think about blowing on a mirror or a window or blowing on your glasses. In fact, I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to blow on my glasses. We're going to wait for the fog to disappear. 
It's gone. That's how long your life is. Wait again. It's gone. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Is that the mentality I live my life with? That, Lord, my, my life is short. I have such little time on the earth, so, so please use me for your good and your glory, no matter what that means for me. Is that our mentality? Is that our prayer? Are we living with that kind of urgency? So James says, don't boast about tomorrow. You don't know what your life will be like. It's like the morning fog. Here today, gone the next. Psalms actually says that our life is just a breath. David says, teach me to realize how short my life is. Then James ends, James 4, 15 through 17. What you ought to say, so don't just think that all your human plans are going to work out. What you ought to say is, make your plans, but if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. There's our bruh statement for the day. Remember, James says, it's a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. So yesterday's gone, tomorrow's still to come, so today's the rest of my life. How should I engage with the rest of my life? With a surrender to the unknown, the sense of urgency. Then number three is this, with a submission to God's understanding. With a submission to God's understanding. Romans eleven thirty three through 36. God, through the Apostle Paul, just gives a beautiful description of really how big our God is. It says this, Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? And who's given him so much that he needs to pay it back? Is that not a great reminder? God owes me and you nothing. No explanation. No gift. In fact, the fact that we're alive is a gift. And we don't understand his ways. And then he says this, this is one of my favorite verses, for everything comes from him, exists by his power, and is intended for his glory, all glory to him forever. Amen. Like this is how I want us to live our life, church. With a surrender to the unknown, a sense of urgency, and a submission to God's understanding that his ways don't always make sense to me. And, and his thoughts are not always revealed to me. Or as Psalm 115 verse 3 has challenged me recently, says this, Our God is in the heavens and he does as he wishes. I don't get to tell God what he can and can't do. He tells me what he wants me to do. And you, he's in the heavens and he can do whatever he wants. He's God. I, I need to submit to that. If you're a follower of Jesus, you, you need to submit to that. It's the only way we can truly engage 
with the rest of our life. And we see this all through scripture. We see God asking people to do things, asking people to go places that make no earthly sense to them or, or anyone around them. I mean, you take your pick, whether it's Abraham, God telling him to leave his homeland and God said, go to the land I will show you. And Abraham went. Or, or Moses, safe and secure and comfortable in the wilderness, God shows up in a burning bush and says, I want you to go back to Egypt where you're wanted for murder and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And then lead them through the wilderness and I'll guide you with a pillar of fire at night or a, 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 a cloud of smoke during the day and a pillar of fire at night, or Jonah hearing the voice of God to go to Nineveh, the city that hates the people of God, and tell them to repent of their sins so that I can save them and redeem them. And, and even Jesus himself said to his disciples after his resurrection, I want you to go and continue my mission. The mission they murdered me for, you get to continue. Like time and time again in scripture, those are just a few of the examples where we see God disrupt the plans, the lives, the comforts, the conveniences of his people to put them where he can best use them. So it makes sense that God could do that for any of you, right? The answer is yes. In church, the answer is always yes or Jesus in church. You'll almost always be right with those two answers. Yeah, God can do that for you. This is why we have to live our life with a surrender to the unknown, a sense of urgency, a submission to God's understanding. Because at any moment, God could invade your life like he did Abraham, Moses, Jonah, the disciples, or any others. And when he does that, when he stirs your heart to do something or go somewhere, James reminds us it's a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. I mean, it makes sense that God could do that for any of you. He did it all through scripture and history. And I think you would agree that, that God could also do that with me. In fact, that is indeed what God's been doing in me. What I'm about to share with you is not an illustration or a prank. If you're in this 9 a.m. service or watching, I would ask you to respect the fact that there's another service today. So please don't text anyone or post it on social media until the 11 a.m. service is over. This is where God's brought me and my family and where God's brought our church. So bear with me as I read this. With great sadness and heavy hearts, but also with genuine gratitude and praise for all that God has done and all you have meant to us, both Sabrina and I feel like God has confirmed in our hearts that it's time for something new. So effective January 10th of this coming year, I will officially resign as lead pastor of this church we dearly love. Just as God called us to start Element Church 14 years ago, he's now asking us to let her go. I know this may come as a shock to many people as it was for us as the process began. 
In many ways, we've had to let some plans, hopes, and dreams of ours die as we processed what God was doing in us. But if there's one thing I've tried to hold out as a standard for all of us, it's our core value. Obedience is our success. And I hope you know me well enough to know that I would never make a decision of this magnitude if I did not believe God was leading us to it. In February, God kept bringing Sabrina and I back to one specific phrase from Deuteronomy 6, repeated multiple times in different ways. It began to stir our hearts in a way we could not ignore. The phrase was this, the land you are about to enter and occupy. So on Monday, March 8th, Sabrina and I began to pray a dangerous prayer. God, if you want us to be somewhere else, if you want us in a new land, then we surrender to you. Please put us where we can do you the most good and where you can do the most good in our family and us. Since that time, and after many, many hours of prayer and fasting, wrestling with God, consulting family, friends, and colleagues, following dozens of confirmations through scripture, books, sermons, podcasts, and friends, we believe it's time for us to step down and step into God's new land for us. At this time, we don't know where that land is. I don't have a job waiting for me on January 10th, but we are confident God will provide one. Towards the end of March, we were made aware of a church in Texas, which was beginning a search for the successor to their soon retiring founding pastor. We did not seek this out, but feeling released by God to do so, we submitted our names to their search committee and are currently in an interview process with them. Pastor Derek, our executive pastor, and Jay Forseth, our conference superintendent, have been walking with me through this process since that time. Our leadership council uh, was informed a few weeks ago and our staff two weeks ago. While we do feel a strong pull and connection to this church, they won't be ready for a new pastor until early fall of next year, and we do not know for certain that this is the land God has for us. All we know is that God's been clear to us that our time at Element is ending, and allowing Element the freedom to move forward into their new land seemed to be the most honoring and prudent next step. I'm aware this brings up so many questions that our leaders nor I have answers to right now. Many of our answers in this season will be, I don't know or I can't say. In no way are we seeking to hide anything about the process, the people involved, or this potential destination. We desire to be as transparent as we can through all of it. As to the potential destination, this church, we need to protect their anonymity as they have yet to tell their congregation of the succession plan they have, so we're honoring that. As to the process and people involved, you can rest assured, I am um, delivering this to you from a place of deep, deep love and respect for all of our staff, our leadership, and you, the people of Element Church. I have not been asked, nor was I required to step down for any reason outside of just my desire and obligation to follow the Spirit's leading. While we are confident God led us to it, I'm also aware this decision can cause emotions like hurt 
anger, confusion, betrayal. Knowing the disappointment and pain I may cause is one of the most complex parts of making this decision. Every week, I try and say these words to you, and I mean them from the bottom of my heart. I love you guys so much. It's my honor to be your pastor. And the thought of hurting or harming any of you is heartbreaking to me. I'll end with the verse God used to bring final confirmation to my heart that we should do this. Psalm 138.8. The Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me, for you made me. I don't know the ultimate plans, but God does. And as hard as it is, I'm trusting in him. He has plans for my family and me, for yours and for our church. He has plans we can't even fathom. And he invites us along for the adventure. So thank you, Element Church, for 14 incredible years of ministry. Every life that's been changed, every connection made, and every impact that's happened through this place will never be far from my heart and my mind. Lord willing, we have a few months left together. I'm asking that each of us double down our efforts to pray, stay united, and remain committed to God and his church. It's his church, not mine, and not yours. And the gates of hell itself cannot stand against God's church. In just a moment, our executive pastor, Derek Mowry, will be sharing some next steps with you. But I want to say a couple things to some specific people, and we'll see if I can get through this. I want to thank my wife, Sabrina. your undeniable support of me in ministry. I can never repay. When God called us to leave everything and come here, you were immediately in. And when God started doing this, you were immediately in. And I'm so thankful for you. I love you. To my friend Todd, Love you too, buddy. <clears throat> to have a friend like you who says, I'm with you heart and soul, whatever you decide, more people need friends like you. <clears throat> to Pastor Derek, <clears throat> no amount of words will ever describe <clears throat> 
the thanks and gratitude I have for how graceful you've walked with me through this. You've carried a weight that people should not have to carry. So thank you. To our staff at Element, I've already spoken with you personally, but your church needs to hear this. God has placed you here for just such a time as this. I believe in you, and God believes in you. And you've got this. You've got it. There are so many people I could say thank you in words to. So many of you we wanted to tell in person. But I hope you understand for obvious reasons why we couldn't do that. So to our Element family, a few things I just want to say to you as a challenge as we walk through this. I'm asking our church for undeniable unity. I'm not asking anyone to like it. I'm not asking anyone to agree with it. What I am asking for is those of us who call Element Church home, that we would remain united around Jesus, his mission, and the vision he's given to our church. None of that's changed. None of it's changed. I'm asking for unwavering commitment to God's church, specifically Element Church. This This is my calling. It's my job. As a pastor's kid and a pastor all my life, I've never got to choose where I would attend church. I worked at churches. But if I, if I got to choose one, I'd come here. <laughs> I love our church. I love it. And I'm asking for those of you who call Element Church home to have an unwavering commitment that if you say you love me and you want to honor me, the best place for you to do that is to be committed here. That's the best way to show your love and honor for me. And then lastly, church, I'm asking for us to have an uncompromising faith. We live in a world that needs Christians to be uncompromised in their pursuit of Jesus and his ways as they are expressed in his word. And church, my dream, my dream I've already written it in my prayer journal and I've started praying it every day is that I would come back to Element 20 years from now and this church would have gone farther and deeper and be healthier than I could have ever possibly imagined. That's my dream. Again, it's my, it's my own plans and desires but I'm praying that God makes it so. I love you guys so much. It's my honor to be your pastor. Pastor Dare. I'm fully aware that uh, public speaking is not my gift, but is it the, (laughs) you'll find out here in a minute. But as the executive director of the church and the leader of our staff, I wanted to share a couple of things with you today. Um, I know this announcement wasn't what you expected to hear today, and uh, my heart goes out to you um, in the same boat. Um, 
I promise it wasn't something Pastor Jeff or any of us saw coming our way either. Um, but uh, we have to move forward, and uh, we must continue trusting the Lord has a plan for the next season for all of us. Uh, by faith, Pastor Jeff is taking his next step, even though he doesn't know where it'll take him yet. Does it sound a little crazy? Yes, it does. Uh, was it also a little crazy when Pastor Jeff loaded up his young family in 2007 and moved to Cheyenne to start this new church in a community he had only ever driven through up to that point? Yes, it was. Uh, there's a parallel here we can't overlook. If you're listening to this announcement today, uh, I suspect your life has been impacted by this single step of obedience. Um, is it possible that God can do it again wherever he takes the man his family? And again, through whomever he is calling here? Absolutely he can. We're all stepping into an unknown future, but with the same expectation that God will continue to move in us and through us. In my recent devotional reading, I was reading Isaiah uh, 55, 8 and 9. It says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything you could ever imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. This passage applies here and now, right now. In this moment, we must trust the Lord's ways over our own. Even though we may be disappointed, scared, angry, or simply in shock, we're going to continue to trust that God has a plan for us. Yeah, it hurts right now. Um, it will hurt for a season. But we must remain united, continuing to pursue the vision together. Pastor Jeff will continue to step into his new calling in his life, and we will continue to step into the process of identifying the next leader God has already prepared to lead us. We have a plan, and we have great support in place for this uncharted season in our church. With news of this nature, we wanted to keep the closing of today's service brief. I'll have more information and an outline of our next steps in the transition process two weeks from today on September 26th following the message. Um, we created a transition page on the website where we'll place any updates we have in case you miss a Sunday update. Um, that will go live later this afternoon, uh, which will include the video from today. Um, today, I'd like to just close out in a word of prayer, and um, I would ask you to join me in. Uh, we're going to pray over our pastor here, and then I'd like to pray, pray over our church as well uh, as we transition this. So, uh, God, would you? Uh, Heavenly Father, God, um, I just lift this man up to you, God. I um, I sit here and I listen to the, the message and uh, the stories that he shares about the radical, uh, radical ob obedience um, that he has demonstrated to this church um, through his actions, through his faith, and that has been contagious. And God, I, I think about the, the way my life and uh, the life of my family has been dramatically altered um, because of his obedience to step into this community and start this congregation. And God, I have no doubt that you'll do the same 
as you are taking him to another community, most likely, and um, God, you will use his uh, radical obedience and his faith uh, to draw people to you. And God, today I just pray, pray a special blessing over him and his family in this upcoming season. Um, all of the unknowns that are involved, uh, they are stepping out in faith and trusting you, God. And God, I ask that you would give us as Element Church the ability to do the same thing um, because we are going to do the same thing. So God, help us to be unified. Help us to rally around our pastor who has demonstrated to us over and over again what a life of faith is like and how we are to step into what you call us to. So God, I lift this all up to you. I lift up our congregation. Um, God, I lift up our pastor. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, thank you for your support. <laughs> Thank you for your support and your continued prayer. Uh, we will see you next Sunday. You are dismissed. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast or follow us on social media. To learn more about our gathering times in Cheyenne, Wyoming, or to take your next step, visit our website, elementchurch.life. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next week right here on the Element Church Podcast.